Y'all ready to be history? It's starting. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Rode Microphones. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters. Voiceover talent and home studio guy. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget our Patreon address, which is patreon.com slash proaudiosuite. Um, now, something just dropped into uh, George's inbox. This just in. Newsflash, newsflash. Uh, yes, I was what have you got? checking my Facebooks, and uh, one of my clients I've worked with for a long time, Thompson Howell, uh, here's here in L.A., and he got a letter from AT&T, and uh, it's the official cancellation of ISDN BRI service. It's all over. Um, yeah, it's no. the, ISDN it's BRI not. is what everybody that uses ISDN in a residence has. As of June 1st, 2023, um, that will be the official end of that service. Wow. Uh, according to AT&T anyway. So, so two years. Um, and it's the yeah. same with Verizon. Right. Um, CenturyLink's not being as aggressive with it, nor is Frontier, who is basically old, old Verizon. Right. But yeah, it's those big incumbents are getting rid of it. It is it is pretty much dying, but you can get service. Yeah, you can you can get service and then there's a bullet point at the bottom in bold so they want you to read this. It says effective September 1st, 2021, AT&T will no longer allow new orders, renewal wow. of service agreements or uh. requests for physical changes. In other words, if you move. I think Verizon called that out. A couple of years ago. Verizon uh, was that way two years ago. Yep. Yeah, a while ago. The date in, in England is 2025, for example. BT is killing service in 2025. Ah. Um, I, I think Australia has already I thought we'd already killed this. it here. We've killed it yeah, here. It's kill gone. It, um, I yeah. think. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. No longer exists. But anybody who wants it can get a VISDN circuit and use their old 1982 ISDN codec with VISDN and... So, yeah. since you brought it up, because this is a prime moment <laughs> to mention that technology, we I, I know what it is, but explain in a nutshell what it is and why it works well, maybe even better so, than a traditional online, you know, Source Connect type codec. Like, why why does it work so well, and and uh, why would you still want to use it after all this goes away? Well, I mean, the ultimate reason why you want to use ISDN is if your clients are requiring you to use ISDN. There's probably not too many reasons to use it beyond that. Well, yeah, as a talent, side of the connection, we assume you have to have ISDN simply to be compliant with the the studio. But as a studio, is there a motivation to continue the use of their hardware? Like, you know, if they've got racks of these things and a way to continue using them, what do you think is a? Um, what do you think? I don't know that there really is a good motivation other than I don't want to change. I don't want to learn how to do something new. I don't want to modify my setup. Um, it was nice that, you know, like everyone had a workflow that was consistent. I'd walk up to this box and I'd hit dial these numbers or I hit an auto dial and it's connected. But a lot of those arguments just boil down to not wanting to train your staff to do something new. One of the things that made ISDN particularly um good for a long time was that while the internet was not initially capable of, of doing real-time communications in a solid and consistent way, that's really an argument from 
I don't know, from 2005 up till really somewhere around 2010 or around there, the internet starts getting just as strong as an ISDN connection. And even though ISDN is technically a dedicated connection from you to the other party, probably statistically has less of a chance of messing up than the internet, um, which the internet is designed to be what we call a fault-tolerant connection. So you think about what happens with an ISDN connection if you have a problem. You end up with, do-do-do, there's no connection for you. It just it works or it doesn't work. Whereas the internet will just kind of push through and sound bad for a moment, and then you'll come out of the mud and you're back. So the internet kind of is willing to take the hits and the blows, but not drop the connection completely. Whereas ISDN and the old telephone network, if that call was lost, the call was lost. And you had to redial the people or something like that. So it was more consistent and more solid. But I think that now if you sort your internet out, you can get just as solid and consistent a connection as you could have in the past with ISDN. VISDN has one trick up its sleeve currently. Um, you know, Source Connect will get this too, but it's able to use two internet connections simultaneously in real time. So then what has, has to happen is both those connections have to screw up on the same packet at the same time, which is statistically, it's a rare thing to happen. So that makes it even more robust. But in order to get that benefit from it, you have to have two different internet connections from two different service providers. For example, you could have Comcast and uh, say even your tethered cell phone connection from you know, T-Mobile or something. And then you're, you're, you, you have what's called a diverse line. You have your data going down two separate paths. And if it doesn't arrive on one path, it's arriving on the other path. It's kind of like sending two letters. It only, needs, only one letter needs to arrive for the message, the message to get there. So that's a particular trick of VISDN. Um, but to me, the point is that there's honestly, you know, just not a great reason to use ISDN unless you're using it because it's just what people require for your particular industry or your job. There's still a lot of confusion. When, when you look at the radio industry, for example, when connecting over IP, it's like back to before ISDN when all these different manufacturers made different codecs and they don't all necessarily speak to each other very well. And so I've seen it very uh, quite, quite a few times even currently where the common denominator still ends up being ISDN in that, in that industry or they end up doing something stupid like a phone patch because again, the phone system becomes that common denominator. So if, if it's required for your industry, there's, that's, that's the reason to have it. I don't think there's really a technical reason to have it. The reason why you technically need it is because the two sides of the connection aren't figuring out something to move to that is more modern, has better capabilities, is more flexible. The fact is, is that with a lot of ISDN connections, they're bolted to a physical location. You know, you can consider the internet to be ubiquitous. And um, I guess that would be another advantage of VISDN, which is it now takes your ISDN codec and basically makes it usable anywhere you have a decent internet connection. It makes it completely mobile. And so if you have to be on ISDN, at least you don't have to be tethered to the wall that some ISDN BRI connection from AT&T exists. And you can free yourself from that wall. But yeah, I, mean, I think um, it's, it's more of just a business reason to keep it. I'm not sure there's too many technical reasons why it's really I, that I, much better these I days. I think an important reason to, to really stop relying on it 
even two years ago, was that the infrastructure that runs the system is super old and rusty, like literally. Like uh, I remember like a service would go out and the Verizon truck would pull up and they're like, yeah, the whatever it is, the server, the the DMARC, whatever they call it. Yeah, it's actually underwater. Uh, we kind of pump the water well, out. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, what, what took out a lot of ISDN connections in New York was Sandy. And Verizon was like, we are not replacing this equipment. All these like, right. subway tunnels got just flooded and with salt water. Yeah. And they're like, we're just ripping it out. And like, yeah. you guys just don't even get it anymore. This stuff literally um, rusted. I mean, my, the, my client, uh, one of my clients in, in Brooklyn, it was the voice of Verizon, like the <laughs> national campaign. And they wouldn't give him his ISDN back <laughs> until he literally <laughs> told them, do you know who I am? And he read on the phone to the guy and he literally did a Verizon spot, you know, like, and the guy's... He, <laughs> I was like, you really did that? He's like, yep, that was the only way I was able to get my service back. <laughs> that is hilarious. Rod Houston. That's the name, Rod Houston. Yeah, it was just, like, oh, so funny. But, but yeah, it's... it's but there's uh, another aspect of its deterioration, which is this. All these service providers are tearing down um, service points and what we call peering points. And ISDN is what is part of the, what's called the PSTN or the publicly switched telephone network. And it's really writing over the exact same lines that your old school phone connection was writing on. And the way these phone companies think, they think that 99.99% of those connections are for telephone voice communications. And ISDN pushes a data connection. And you have to have points along the line that are able to accept these data type of calls. So as the phone companies start to consolidate things and, oh, we're going to get rid of this central office, we're going to reroute everything through here and over to there, and then they reroute it through some office or they literally try to take a whole chunk of it, get rid of it, and shove it over the internet, and then that is no longer capable of carrying the data type of connection that's required for ISDN. So calls that used to work on ISDN don't work anymore. And you have a lot more frequency of weird things like if I dial you, it works. But if you dial me, it doesn't work. And you're like, why? And it boils down to, well, the phone company tore down some route and that route wasn't put back up with its full capabilities for data and voice. And they just put it back up for voice only. And they didn't even know it or they don't care that they cut off a bunch of people with needs for passing ISDN digital uh, communications over the phone network. So when, when they tear it down and they say there's no new lines, there's a bunch of other stuff getting torn down behind the scenes that's not even your local line to your house. It's all the old infrastructure that they're rerouting, trying to consolidate, save costs. And when they do that, they're breaking things that used to work perfectly. So I, th I think that might be another reason why, which is it may not be as great as it used to be anyways, because in the process of tearing it down, they are um, making it flaky. There's a turducken of reasons why it's going to be It's truly old tech, but if you need it, we got it for you. <laughs> you can still so, support it. We, we, we can support it long past the day. I, I, I truly believe this. VISDN will be the last ISDN network standing. And like, if there's an ISDN connection that needs to go to Afghanistan, and that's the last country in the world using, F, using ISDN, well, then all we have to do is go drop a VISDN pop in Afghanistan and, well, you're connected to the entire 
at that point, worldwide ISDN network. It just happens to only be Afghanistan at that point because there's no place else. <laughs> like everyone else, it'll just be over the internet, yeah. right? We're <laughs> just using boxes from 1983 over the internet. That's like ham radio operators using their ham equipment to broadcast Morse code over the internet. Yes. I, I describe it as like joining the matrix. And if you just all go into it, then you don't know that the whole world fell apart. <laughs> you're, you're still yeah, like we're in all still here. We're all connected. World. It right. is, we're just virtualized, but we're all yeah. still here. <laughs> right. It's ISDN. I'm dialing numbers. It's like, yeah, well, we've packetized it for you. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, I might uh, put an ad up on uh, eBay, I think. I could probably sell my um, Telecephra. Well, you can't sell your Telecephra. I mean, literally at this point, I bought Zephyrs for, I mean, I don't know, six years ago, three, four hundred dollars A couple of years after that, like $150, $200. In the last couple of years, in the last couple of months, people have offered me their Telezephyrs. And I'm like, you know what? It's just not even worth the shipping. I have a little I mean, I've seen them ship. I've seen them ship on eBay, and the shipping cost is more than they sell for. Yeah, like they're less than thirty bucks. Yeah. They're just like they're. I have unfortunately they're landfill material. I have Nick Tate's uh, Telos Express. <laughs> it's sitting on my shelf right here. <laughs> I have Joseph Riano's ninety two oh two. I have mm-hmm. uh, David K's uh, Extreme. There you go. That's you know, a good one. I have That's also true. David Kay's AEQ portable Ooh, one that he bought Spanish when he was in one. Canada. Yeah. Um, so I have a little museum going. Yeah, because like they're just not worth <laughs> nice. the shipping money anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Like if you want an ISDN connection, the thing that's going to stop you is not the box. That's like thirty bucks. It's the connection. It's it's whether or not you really need it. Honestly, well, let, let me like, pivot this real quick before we wrap it up. What if source? Elements made a Kodak box. What if you guys made an appliance so that there was still that feeling of like I have a dedicated piece of hardware, it sits in a rack or it's in a you know, would that would that make it easier to adapt for more purposes or is that is that horse already left the barn and we're um, already just we're all so used to it being on that box. I mean our our, our general attitude towards a, uh, towards an appliance is like go get a Mac mini and install source connect on it and don't put anything else on it. And now it's a dedicated appliance. It's pretty tough to build something that has push buttons and code that over to the software. So whatever appliance it is, it's probably going to look like a router or something, you know, where when you control it, you're really just using a computer, like go to a web page and that's your interface for this thing. And you look at other companies that make codec boxes and that's exactly the same way they work. Yeah. So to yeah. us, it's like, well, you know, we, we we had one sale to a whole radio show. It was like a nationally syndicated radio show. And the whole show and the production team is all like, we're good with Source Connect. Everything's great. And really where it fell apart, like pulling the thread out of the sweater and the whole thing unraveled was the part of it that's called the Studio to Transmitter Link. STL. Yes. Yep. And, and they were like, okay, well, we got to broadcast it to you. What do we need? And I was like, well, you go get a Mac or Windows computer and you put it in your rack and you install the software and you're done. And the guy's like, we're not putting a computer in our rack. And I'm like, um, what do you think half the shit in your rack is? <laughs> They're all computers. Like, <laughs> like if it has an Ethernet cable in it, it's a computer. Like what, right. what, what, do you, what world are you in that you think that's not a computer? But like for this guy, is like short circuit. Like I'm not putting a computer in my rack. And 
So he right. single-handedly like t- topped, toppled over that sale. Um, yeah, pretty yeah. annoying. Yeah. But really, it's like, no, it is, it's all computers. You want an appliance, go install Source Connect on it, and that's an appliance. Yeah, I mean, you guys, if you, if you are really yeah. motivated, you could build a rack mount PC with an onboard PCI card with AD converters, you know, line in, line out. You could turnkey it. Yes. Like, there's companies that do it for video. VMix makes them. Uh, there's a couple companies that make turnkey video PCs. And they're just Correct. computers, but they have video ins and outs and all the I.O. and crap. And then they sell them for, you know, double what they're worth. Um, you know, if you made it yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like if someone wants want to get that. us to like buy them a Mac mini and then charge them twice as much for it so we can install source connect in it for them. I guess so. <laughs> like, I don't know. Turnkey. Um, I, you got to think turnkey. Yes. We can definitely do that. And I, I guess we should think about that a little bit more because it seems like. Mm-hmm. It is. It already exists, but is it off the shelf buying? You know, you can get um, a rack that fits two Mac Minis, but instead of putting two Mac Minis in there, you put one on one side, and on the other side, you have an AD converter, right? Correct. And yeah. you could easily, in an afternoon, build this thing. You can get a yeah. Sonnet rack. It's a one space Mac Mini rack. I've installed a bunch of them, and yeah, you, it could be done. It could be done. So. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> but but would that wow. satisfy a few of the, of the people that want ISDN and maybe they're really liking ISDN because it represents like a hardware connection? Um, it's possible. I, I, I think more it's to the thing is in that... It's about a year yeah, and a half. <laughs> I'm not so, sure, so much about the hardware versus software as much as it is about I have to retrain my people to do something different. I don't want to teach them something new. I yeah. have this workflow that exists. Why don't you take the insides out of an ISDN box and put the Mac Mini inside that and then connect there up There you go. Dud buttons and everyone <laughs> thinks, wow, this is really cool. That's a good idea, man. I should make Mac Mini, I should make, IS, I should make Zephyr Extremes that are actually Mac Mini cases. Ooh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. It, there is an A to D converter in that thing. <laughs> And a D to A converter yeah. in it. and That's funny. <laughs> maybe you can figure out how to use it. I mean, I, I looked at Maya boxes. So back in the day, you could get a Maya Centauri 3000. And if you open that thing up, it was nothing but a Pentium 3 with a PCI card, ISDN card in it. Right. That's all it was. Yeah. You- I do like the idea of um, faking up an ISDN. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging with tech support from George the Tech Wizard. Help us share the show with more people and get your hands on exclusive content by contributing to our Patreon page. See patreon.com forward slash Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website, the Pro Audio Suite. Dot com.